0: One, two, three. Hello? What's up? Revenge. No, no, not revenge. This is rated the x-men animated review show they will not get away oh well thank you for joining us you'll you can you can leave at the end um <laughs> uh i am your host Gavin uh scalehorn oh you're, you're right damn it. hold on let me just fix that to uh, go off brand
1: There we have it. <laughs> well, that works nice. I It um, does it. Was it mistake? Davin, no, a mistake. <laughs> Why just spell mistake? It's mistake. like mystique. It's like mis- It's mistake. Oh, so it's a Frenchy French version of mistake.
0: Well, no, it's just a play off mystique. It's a play on words here. Mistake. I don't you know, know what's it. happening. It's I don't funny. like
1: it. I don't like any of this. Uh, I think
0: I'm going to have to well, leave. Well, I have a co-host. Where are you? <laughs> Who are you? What are you doing in my mind?
1: Andre. I have a permanent place in your my... mind. Danvers. I have a permanent place in your mind that you will never be able to eject me from. I'm in <laughs> oh, there, Devin. Fine. I'm in there forever. Nice... I worm my way in and now in the, it's a nice cuddly spot. <laughs> <So I think laughs> right in is. the cerebellum. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. How's it going, everybody? How's it going, Andre? They can't answer you. They can't. They physically can't. I guess I could, actually, with this newfangled, what are we using here? It's this thing that we're trying to pimp everybody. What do we call this thing? What are we? What? Are, what's happening? Where are we? What's this we're, thing? It's we're, on, we're on the internet, Andre. Yeah, but what's the name of this pro- StreamYard. Uh, the StreamYard. StreamYard thing lets us interact with people to send us messages, do they not? Or yes, comments? Ooh. Yeah, yeah. yeah well you know and i guess they can answer you they could totally answer you they could exactly i hope someone would answer you with like a really long diatribe about like some really personal problem they're having like with warts or like anal fissures or like maybe they're found out their husband slept with their mom well something really something something really dark (laughs) and disturbing that's what i want to hear that's what I, i want to hear your darkest your darkest problems i want you to tell me right now right here for the world to see
0: We're here to review season two episode nine.
1: <laughs> I love oh, how David X-Men, takes the animated series. I love how you take my sandy with like gentle good humor. You're just like you just kind of like laughingly gloss over it. I'm like, I want to see your most depraved, darkest secrets. And you're like, Welcome to this show where we review this kid's cartoon from the nineties. And I'm like, Yes, give me your darkness, give me it. I see it feeds me. Well, yes, you are right. right.
0: You, you, the dark and dreary, dreary Keep, one. Keeping on the show. us
1: on track. That's what you're doing right now, my yeah, friend. You're exactly. Us on track.
0: I also have a new segment. Oh no! Oh God! What's this, Evans? Drinking? I don't know. I will use that same thing I use for new segments that I don't have a, a specific
1: zone. Oh, oh dear God! heaven what's at now? What fresh horror? What fresh horror awaits me today?
0: I call this one exalting the artists oh. because we all, we often uh, point out uh, the writers of each episode. In this case, it's um, uh, Robert N. Skier and Marty Eisenberg. But, you know, we don't mention every episode the artists and we don't know them all because they send it off to like South Korea to a place over there to, and like have an animation studio there do it. But we know of Larry Houston and our friend of the show, Rick Hoburg, and uh, Will Minio. You know, give them some love. But also, I thought in this opening Exalting the Artist segment, we might uh, reminisce uh, for a moment on the passing of Neil Adams and George Perez. Anything to say about those two artists, Andre?
1: Oh, um, I didn't know I was preparing a, a eulogy. Um yeah. <laughs> uh, I wish I had more time. they are watching. Uh, I had the honor of meeting Neil Adams at the Montreal Comic-Con many years ago. He was a very nice man. Um, very, very... Uh, I mean, obviously kind of a businessman when it comes to comics, but he was very nice. He had a lot of great stories. He told a lovely story about how uh, when he created Jon Stewart or when DC came out. I'm not sure if he created him or he was just the first to draw him. Um that dc had said they wanted the character's name to be like abraham washington um which and and uh, neil adams uh, lamented that that's a slave name because it's like two presidential names and like that's an insult to black people so even you know in the 70s he was uh, thinking of of those sort of things uh, well ahead of his time when some of his co- uh, compatriots weren't which i think reveals a lot to the kind of character he was and the kind of person he was um very nice man uh very cool guy and i mean obviously a trendsetter when he came to comics created some of the coolest art the most uh really elevated comic art in his first time period to making it like gritty and realistic but also still keeping that sort of fun comic bookishness um that you know we all kind of came became familiar with and perez well i mean uh, that guy was also a legend um In fact, I have something related to him for my recommendation later. But he he is one of my favorite comic artists of all time. He had a really... Talking about adding gritty realism to, you know, silly picture books. Um, He kind of went the other way. Uh, I wouldn't say it was realistic, but he leaned into creating really fun art for sometimes really dire fun. stories that really made it work um i mean his, his run, infinity and, and, gauntlet covers were like my, some of my favorite stuff he did the art in the infinity gauntlet series which i have over on the wall um it's actually signed by him and jim starlin which uh was a great oh, gift from F, yeah a i also have a sketch of his on my wall a friend gave me of uh superman clark kent um ripping open a shirt with the superman s underneath so um, Never heard of him, but very cool. Very cool. He's a character that I, I guess pretty popular with some people. Maybe not mm. <laughs> listeners of this show, but uh, he. I mean, uh, honestly, his Justice League uh, Avengers crossover is one of the greatest comics uh, contributions to comics I think that ever came around, and that was late in his career. But his work on Wonder Woman, um, Avengers, so it was I mean, Infinity Gauntlet, really I his Infinity Gauntlet series as well. Yes, uh, written by Starlin, but drawn by him. Uh, mm-hmm. The Avengers run he did. Um, was it, did he just do the arc? He didn't write it too, did he? Or did he? No, I don't think he wrote it. Wasn't it um... the Avengers Assemble arc? Is what they they kept it. Yeah. Keep... Um... But anyway, that was one of my favorite yeah. Avengers arcs. Um, I have it over there. Maybe. Yeah, I have it in my library, but I didn't pull it out. Uh, it's amazing, amazing work. Um, and yeah, a true industry legend, and from what everybody says, one of the nicest people you would ever meet. Yeah, so, that's what you yeah. hear. No one ever Real says shame anything when we even slightly speech. sour about George Perez. Uh, Kurt Busick did the writing on that Avengers. <laughs> yes, that's yes. that's who I was. And, and for. Perez did the art, and it was one of in my mind. Heroes it was reborn seven. stuff, right? No, it was um, it was kind of around the time the Thunderbolts showed up in that era of the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Um, or or rather, they're fighting the massive evil. It's you know, it's the Thunderbolts showed up. It's around there because uh. They dealt with. They had one of the most seminal Kang storylines that they've ever had in that series. They had one of the some mm-hmm. most seminal Ultraman storylines. Uh, the I believe the Wanda and Vision story about her having kids that weren't real that led to other things later all came out of this. So um, it, it's all amazing work. Yeah, that's that's one of the. Is it the trade? Yeah, have they finally started. Yeah, I have the same one. I have. Uh, it took me forever to find two. There's your beloved Quicksilver my favorite avenger, my mm-hmm. favorite avenger. When, and probably
0: my favorite Avenger she Hulk
1: oh, I think you're gonna point at crystal
0: uh, no, yeah but you no, get
1: no, uh, I'm a huge fan of of his work um and yeah, with the industry lost two amazing talents uh, this past year and or this this past week, and it's it's rough, but you know at least their work is still out there can still be appreciated and enjoyed for years to come so that mm-hmm. their legacy will live on and that and in the art of the people that are inspired by them, which
0: I'm and sure both to had to some. Small but significant contributions to our beloved X Men,
1: yes, that is true. Um, Casada uh, more than Adams, I think. Adams didn't do a lot of X Men work, did he? Perez, you mean, or Perez, sorry, more than uh, yeah, yes, yes, because he did do some X Men comics. But uh, they,
0: the Adams did an early design for this very series of, of the team. this X Men series, yes, indeed. Oh. I posted that image on our Facebook. Oh, yes, I did see that. that. Yeah. 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 That was an early. This is pretty this cool. Series.
1: It did fit really well into that 90s. Uh... Um, sort of uh, mystique that came with the team. So not to not to use the term mystique in relating to the character, but into... Uh, it's a mistake. mistake. Oh, right, right. Yes, and I love how the audio listeners will have no idea what we're talking about because they can't see your names on the screen. <laughs> uh, is, for those of us uh, for those of us listening, he spells his name M-Y-S-T-A-Q-U-E, which mm-hmm. is like a French mi- mistake, as it's pronounced, mistake. but it sure translates, sure translates to something else entirely for French. <laughs> yeah, who knows what that is. Uh, insult to my culture, sir, I must say. I defend uh, it, and I require okay. a pound of flesh. Of what? You, flesh. A pound of flesh. Of, that is from? I, that is what I require. You. Oh, my oh, flesh. flesh. Yes. Oh. Uh, I, I expect it nah. delivered promptly. You have for the end of the week. <laughs> yeah. We're
0: okay. here to review uh, the, the episode, Rogue's <laughs> Tale. the rogue you sure backstory. are. We, uh, uh, Lenore Zan, the voice of Rose, says it's her favorite episode. She happened to mention to us, and uh, as well as two
1: episodes coming up. So, yes, she, she let us know that there's some rogue centric mm-hmm. episodes getting that deal with her backstory. I'm guessing, in and I have series. and I have theories for later in the show. And I think we got to get more clickbaity with the things we say. Like, you know, how like, when you go online and you see all these things, like uh when we it's had the Canadian. no we need to be this is how we get that Miandi's money you know i know we have to sink to a level that we don't want to sink to but we're going to have to do it you have to compromise you have to sell every piece of your soul to get that sweet sweet casper money that stamps.com money that so money well, you're going to
0: start it. doing the show shirtless how does that help us on
1: the audio no, like just anything that we can say on this podcast that people can take away as being clickbaited. Like if we say Lenore Zan reveals details about season one oh, or, yeah, or right. Disney's new X-Men series, and we make it the title of the series, we'll definitely get picked up by somebody. Because when we had the LeWalds in the, on the show, they were like, you know, they mentioned in a podcast that there was like 12 episodes or 10 episodes in the first season. And that was like everywhere for like a week. That it's like, you know, critics of the show reveal how many episodes are in this series. And it's like... I even asked about it. And they didn't really, they candidly didn't say anything. So they just oh, read they, the press they learned it. and let nothing yeah, slip. So, you know, I, it, it's so funny to me that like, I mean, I know Disney is, you know, Disney is Disney. They're, they're pretty, um, you know, uh, meticulous when it comes to safeguarding their secrets about these series is and their, their reveals and all that stuff, which is fine. But when it's like how many episodes are in the season, I mean, I can't imagine that, you know, I feel like there's 10 and they're like, you revealed how many episodes are in the season. You've ruined us. They're going yeah. to figure out that apocalypse shows up in episode six based on that. Like nobody's going to know that or care. So hopefully they didn't get in any trouble. But you know, um, we do need to Let's start doing do. that. Otherwise, we're not going to get that sweet, sweet
0: internet money. That's true. There are definitely organizations out there that would have took that little tit- tidbit of information. Yeah, so made make that an entire title.
1: article out of it. Let's make that the title <laughs> and really, really show about it. I'm kidding. We don't want to get Lenore in any trouble. Uh, we like no, Lenore we don't. And we're, we're happy that she's uh, supportive do. of the show. So it's true. Thanks a lot, Lenore. Yes, thank you. Thanks for being rogue. We love your voice, your character,
0: and great work in this episode. I will say, all over the place. Like this is like a, an actor would like to act this role in her role in this episode. So it's like it's all over the place. Yes, it is. It, this is quite a. This is quite a.
1: This is quite a showpiece grief. for a voice actress, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I got to get away from using the term actress because it should just be actor. Because you know, yeah, same job. how it work. works now, would not it? I believe so. In fact, at trivia one week I asked something about voice. Was it actor? It was. I think I named some roles that an actor was in. Lead actor in so many like three movies, and then you would tell me, or no, three movies that the, someone was a, like a featured actor in need to tell me what movies they were and then someone didn't put a woman for a few of them because they thought actor meant actor not actress Uh-oh. and i was Hello. like well you know i'm sorry you know <laughs> like but anyway i'll throw the last one at you and see if you get it it was uh oh shit talking mushrooms it was the thing the firm and cocoon mm-hmm. do you know what actor was featured in all three of those movies? The thing, it, yeah. cocoon, mm-hmm. and the firm.
0: Is it? Is it Wilford Brimley?
1: It is. Ding 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 ding. ding. You win. He has type two diabetes, and he's I've seen diabetes. movies, and he's a fan of Liberty Liberty Medical. He's one of he my favorite. He's, he's a great, great actor. <laughs> I love him in the thing. He is so good in the thing. It's like the thing is such he a. Is. A masterpiece of it's a movie. One of my all-time favorite movies. To think his though. character, man, when he's like, when they lock him up in Blair. the shed, he's like, he player When they lock him up in the shed, and he's like, and they they go to check on him later, and there's a noose that he made hanging from the ceiling behind him, and he's like, "I'm all better now. I want to come inside." <laughs> he's like, "I'm yeah. all better. Let me inside. Yeah. I'm all. I'm not gonna hurt anyone. I'm all better." And the noose is like hanging behind him. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, what a good movie. Anyway, we're not here to talk it's about the thing, no. although we could talk about it all day. We're here to talk about Rogue's which would be episode number what, Devin, of the Nine. series? Nine of season two, featuring yeah. everyone's favorite so, Southern Belle, Rogue.
0: 22 of the series so far.
1: You know what? Rogue is one of those characters that I don't think I can tell you what her real name is off the top of my head. Marie. Marie? What's her last name? We don't know. They've never said her last name ever in a comic book?
0: I don't think she knows it.
1: Really? Rogue's secret. It's
0: bon. I in the comics because she she got married. Is she still married to Old
1: Remy? Maybe that they did say it eventually. But yeah, they're married now. Anna Maria. It says Anna Marie. Although it doesn't say what her real yeah. name is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I know Marie from the the movies, but I just never thought yeah. they ever don't ever know. That's right, Anna Marie. It. Yeah, yeah.
0: I knew there was no last name. Anyway.
1: All right. So we're here to talk about episode number nine of season two A Rogue's Tale featuring everyone's favorite Southern belle, Rogue. Should I try to do her voice for this? Because I, I feel like it might be too tiddly. The entire time, yeah. It might get too turned on. Mystique meets up with Mr. Sinister. <laughs> That's terrible. <terrifying. laughs> I sound like, uh, like, do you ever watch King of the Hill? <laughs> I sound, Whenever they go to visit Bill's family, who live in Louisiana and he's got like this really effeminate, like, Southern cousin who's like, You know, oh, the weeds are going to get in. You know, like that sort of thing. And I I feel like that's where I'm headed, which is probably not good. So let's just start with it. You're Um, nervous
0: as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs.
1: I am. I'm not nervous. (laughs) Hey, come on. This is old hat shit now. We're on episode nine of season two. We've done, what, 19? Well, with the interviews, 22 episodes of this show. Oh, with
0: the interviews, 24. And with Pride of the X-Men,
1: 25. Oh, so 25th episode. We've hit a milestone. Uh, you know, I just have to slather on another grin and act like this is fun for another night. So, you know, it's, the magic's gone, damn but I'm, but <laughs> I'm gonna... the last episode
0: was over two
1: hours. So that was. So... <laughs> oh God, I was so annoyed, not annoyed, but I was like, by the end of the time, I was like, you know, cause my days are pretty long. Like I, I like, for instance, today I worked until like, I get up, I do an hour cardio. I go to work, I go to the gym, my lunch break. I come, when I left work, I went to go give, donate blood. And then I came home, cleaned the house, and then got here with like two minutes to spare to do the show. So then I'm like, I'm like, I'd like to watch a movie or just play a video game or do something for me at the end of the day. And then it's like this goes until like eleven and I'm like, I'm not gonna get to do anything now. Fuck you, Davin. You've ruined my day. I'm kidding. Everyone's a joy. And I really do enjoy the show and our time together. Which it seems doesn't will begrudge never... me or you are dear. I do not Justin. I love our viewers and uh, it seems as though this is gonna go on forever because viewers keep suggesting shows that, da- that to us that they'd like to see us through and then I always go, man we totally got to do that and Devin's like, yes, we do and then I'm like, shit this is never gonna end. this will be eternity oh, we're, but you we're know a what hit It's team. It's an eternity I can get behind. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so we begin with a rainstorm and a mysterious woman going into a strange building. Uh, we quickly learn that this mysterious woman is mystique. Um, at, we learn because uh, she has an umbrella, and this ruffian wants to take her umbrella. Oh my god! It, what? Because it's a rainstorm. I know. What is your on X Men? No. Tyler, you're safe. Wolverine's antibodies <laughs> did preserve the future. <laughs> Nothing to do with this episode.
0: No, but I don't like to skip my previously on X Men segment.
1: You're pretty good at skipping other segments at the end of the day. Oh, I know. In the, the episode. I've been. Yeah, you've I've been, been asking me about my other podcasts for weeks, now and I'm getting hurt. I know. I've been.
0: They still. They're still going for two hours. I'm. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's. That's fair. Totally. Don't fine. worry. We'll get them all in today if we ever get. So to the a,
1: a ruffian, a ruffian comes up and tries to steal this woman's umbrella, to which she, when she lowers the umbrella, reveals she has a monstrous face. To which he gets scared and runs away. Uh, then she goes into this derelict building, in which we see that she's meeting. Mr. Sinister, who just hangs out apparently in derelict buildings for these clandestine meetings, not quite sure why he doesn't just go to his high-tech lab where he brainwashed more for any of those other places. But well, apparently, I'll tell you why. yes, one day I will ask for repayment. Looking for that repayment. What does that have to do with anything? He'll uh, go anywhere he's, for repayment. He asks for repayment because he's giving Mystique something, which is the information. Yeah. That, that Charles Xavier is not with the X-Men. And now is her time to go get back her adopted daughter, uh, Rogue. Now, we I mean, to don't need know... super big information. like Not really. Also, the fact, like, Mystique's wagon, in quotes, has been hitched to Apocalypse up until now. So, yeah. and we we don't know there at this point in the series if there's a connection between Apocalypse and Sinister. I don't know if that's coming later or if that even happens at all. I know it happens in the comics but uh so whether these how these two know each other or what this connection is is totally not explained i don't know if it needs to be but it's just interesting setup i guess for maybe something later so you know uh uh, once again sinister's cool the pointy teeth he's in the shadows he's very you know she shows up when he tells you the information she goes off uh and then there's like the flash of lightning and then he's gone which is kind of interesting seems a bit dramatic and and you can reclaim your daughter I love this. This whole episode is about reclaiming her daughter. Yeah, like, and just ignoring the fact she's a grown woman who can make her own decisions, like, you know, and has been on her own for probably quite a while now. You're like, you must reclaim her. She's been stolen from you.
0: And your also, whole plan is to make it worse in her, like, make you worse in her eyes. <laughs> it's
1: not like or you going to you to her. Make at all. her worse in her own eyes either. It's like, obviously, you don't care about her. You just want to use yeah. her as a weapon because. Anyway, we'll get to that. I guess we're going to give too much information right? talking about. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best lasts the- in the history of TV. right there. Agreed. That's- and I love how he makes this dramatic exit. Like the they do the thing with lightning flashes and you just see him in the, between the flashes, and then he's gone. Why make such a dramatic exit? There's no one there to witness it. What's the point? He could just turn and walk. I, mean, I don't know how much effort it takes to whatever. He doesn't normally teleport. I mean, it's a nice effect, but it just seems ridiculous when no one's there. The art see. direction is kind of especially good in this episode. I, I must really say, much. the art in this episode is on point. It's very, very good. A lot of action, and uh, it's done quite well. There's some interesting a lot of artistic stuff kind of choices. Yeah, and and a lot of interesting. Um, there's a couple. I'll get to it later, but there's some really interesting uh, animation action sequences. You're right, where they they take an angle that you wouldn't expect. It looks pretty cool. Like I, I must admit. So. Uh, so we cut to Mystique, uh, then the next day we see a, a carnival, um, and I meant to set something up for you before, Devin, and tell you about this. I had the idea this morning uh, when I we was shaving my head, but I totally forgot before the episode started. So I'm going to mention two things. Nice I'm work, gonna... don't stick. That's good, too. But I'm going to tell you, <laughs> there are two things in this world that scare me, and one mm-hmm. is nuclear war. Yeah. Now, now if, you, if you've seen Austin Powers, I'm giving you a setup. Mm-hmm. You don't know the setup. Ask me. me. I
0: love Austin Powers, but I can't remember the rest of that quote.
1: He goes, there are two things in this world that scares me, and one is nuclear war. And the other guy goes, "Uh, what's the other thing? Excuse me? And he's like, the other thing that scares you, and he goes, oh. Oh, carnies. Carnies, yeah. Circus folks, smell like cabbage, small hands. Small hands. We do see some nomads, you know. We cut cut to to a farmer's market, which seems to be populated with carnies. It says farmer's market in large words, but there's also Ferris wheels, and a, and a particularly nefarious-looking carny with an eye patch that mildly resembles Nick Fury behind uh, one of the in front of one of the stations, but the Ferris wheel or whatever. Um, so while these people are enjoying this strange little farmers market slash carnival, the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants show up. Hello from Newfoundland, Sam Higdon. Hey, Hello man. from Nova Scotia. Hey man, Hi, thanks for tuning yeah. in. Um, yeah. So then, uh, <laughs> so then the mutant the evil Brotherhood of evil Mutants attack. Uh, made up of the Blob, uh, Avalanche, and as you played the clip there, or Pyro, or Shtick, mm. uh, then uh, they begin blowing bl- blowing things up. <laughs> Blobs eating ice cream, uh, just being a fat piece of shit as he normally is. Uh, oh. The other one, <laughs> he's like, like his job is to like cause a ruckus, and he just like finds a bunch of ice cream and sits there and eats it all. And then when the X Men show up, as they eat, yes. The the X Men show up. They send Storm and Rogue out. X, uh, X. geeks, <laughs> which is such a it's I such a ni- mean. That's such a nineties like thing to call somebody, just like a nerd or a geek or X something. Geeks. Like oh, these X geeks are showing up again. They that's live at the, a school. Call our listeners, maybe X geeks. I like that. Yeah, X-geeks. I think that works. Hmm. Like they live at a school. Uh, you know the the fodder for nerd geekdom is pretty 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 ripe. I would say. So, uh, yeah, the X-Men hey, arrive. Uh... You know. I'm never going to get to talk. How many of those do you have? <laughs> That's all. No, it's not all. But anyway. Continue. God, of course it's not all. So anyway, the X-Men show up. They start fighting the Brotherhood. Blob just stuffing his face with ice cream and even throws a tub of ice cream to hit Storm and knock her out of the way, <laughs> which is pretty funny. He's just like, he's like, it's like he, his first reaction is to think that they're there to take the ice cream from him. He's like, I'm not sharing. it's mine. He like throws one and just hits Storm. Yep. And knocks her over, which is pretty great. I've never seen X-Men taken down by a tub of ice cream. But uh, you know, Love has some pretty good moments in this, episode. and it's, it's not like a normal tub, it's like one of those 11 liter tubs that they have at the ice cream mm-hmm. you know, stand. So it's a fair tub. So, uh, uh, during the fight, uh, Rogue is approached by this blonde woman, which she doesn't recognize. She uh, but it's, it triggers something in Storm's head, which makes her start screaming as her head begins to hurt. Uh, the the brotherhood disperse and run away. Uh, there's also a fun moment during the fight with the Brotherhood where the other X-Men show up uh, to, to join the fight. In uh, is this now in the car, or is that later? Mm. They show up in the the red Corvette when Cyclops is driving. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think, think that's, that's now. Uh, and then, uh, or no, no, I think it's later. Uh, anyway, so because I think they're all in the jet this time. So anyway, because Wolverine tries to like slice Blob in the stomach and just gets stuck in there, but I think that happens later. So. Yeah. Um, they're confused why she's screaming. Um, Rogue keeps seeing this green, scaly monster wearing a mask, sort of appearing to her and attacking her. Um, she eventually wakes up in the infirmary at the uh, the X mansion when they take her back. Uh, the Brotherhood has escaped, having their their mission completed. There seems to be just exposing Rogue to this this blind woman, who I mean, we infer is Mystique, obviously. Uh, but it obviously triggers something in in Rogue that she's unfamiliar with. She wakes up screaming. Way to go, Roguey Roo. You mean Roguey hey. Roo? That's a nice little nickname, <laughs> Rogi Roo. <laughs> Nicknames are interesting when they're longer than the actual name. If you're like, you know, if you're like Rogue, and then to Rogi Roo, which I don't know, sounds like Scooby Doo. Rogi Roo, even just Rogie's fine. Eh, yeah, that sounds good kind of dumb. I don't <laughs> think the Roo. I don't think the Roo makes it sound better. Anyway, uh... girlfriend, miss me. <laughs> She's being haunted. She explains that she's getting these flashes since the professor left. Um, she mm-hmm. Says no, because he was working with her to block out some of these memories, which she doesn't remember. Um, she's, so she's very mad at pain. him for leaving. And just gets yes. more so over the. Episode. I mean, the professor should have thought of this before he went on a side quest with uh, Magneto in the Savage Land. You know, he has to think he has people depending on him. You can't just run off to go fight to go save your mortal enemy in another pla- oh. another part of the planet. No, it doesn't stop old Chuck. Old Chuck, Chucky e. X. So a uh, sweet time. He sure is. Just wandering around the Savage Land and fighting strange, mutant-made mutants with his, people his, that his old knows. Buddy slash test yeah. partner. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so Jean Grey reveals that she found some photos of this blonde woman Rogue saw earlier on, which is kind of vague. But they find pictures of her in various news reports where she's just like in frame or off to the side. And they, they make mention that it's as though she wants to be found. Um, Rogue kind of has another sort of flash with seeing these images of her and uh, flies out the window to uh, find Wolverine, who's shirtless, being all, you uh, know, daddy bear out in the woods cutting wood with his claw with no shirt on for some reason, you know, just being the manly man that he is. Rugged, if you will. Uh, so woods. then. In her mind, yeah, Woodsy. In her mind, she sees him turn into the blonde woman and uh, taunt her. Um, so she gets angry. A Rogue also approaches. Do you have this? I'm sure you have this soundbite. Uh, he knocks. She knocks him down. You don't have that one. It's like one of the few. Then I'm gonna
0: di- come down and shut you up. Where's
1: that one. No, that's no. later. Uh, no, it's the one. So Gambit also is out there trying to calm her down. Like when she, cause she comes down, and she blows up a piece of wood. Uh, knocks Wolverine over, thinking he's this blonde woman that's been sort of haunting her. Uh, Gambit also appears and uh, tries to help. Uh, and then she knocks him down too. And then he, he's like, it's like the one Gambit line in this episode. He's like, face down to the ground. Do you have this one? This is what i was asking you about. No, I don't. He's like, one. Gambit was only trying to help. <laughs> oh, just, yeah. Gambit was only trying
0: to. She has to tease off on everybody for a little bit. Can you just
1: refer? I just love this referring to yourself as a third person thing. Like how, if you had any friend that did that, I mean, you know, Seinfeld made a joke about it, but like if I had a friend that was like, you know, his name's Steve. So I'm like, Steve likes chicken wings. Steve likes spicy chicken wings. Steve tried to help you do that. Steve will go to Halifax with you to watch that Sting concert. Like, now,
0: I'm, I'm surprised you disturbed. don't know this, but it's it's a French thing, obviously, Andre.
1: I don't think it That's how French people French talk.
0: People. I know some French no, people. No, Andre, clearly that's French people. They talk that way. I think it's obvious.
1: I mean, I've been to Quebec know. several times, and um, look, this gambit lie to you. You calling <laughs> gambit a liar? <laughs> All right, listen. Andre likes doing the show with Davin, and Andre doesn't want to upset Davin anymore. So Andre's just going to keep talking about this this episode because that's oh, uh, yeah. that's how Andre rolls. <laughs> so Rogue flies back into the mansion looking for Rogue-y-roo. So after loosening the Cyclops as a blonde woman again, still being haunted by her voice, Rogue just flies straight. This is the, the action sequence I mentioned earlier. She flies straight up through like four... I don't know how tall this X-Mansion is, but it's got a lot of <laughs> floors because she flies up through like five floors and out the roof and goes away. And then all the X-Men on their... very It seems like they all have their own floor because at this point they're all on a different floor looking through mm. the holes she made down, um, which is interesting. It's like you get to go to the Wolverine wing um, or the, the storm floor. Well, as like the, the idea... joke with the X Mansion often goes, there's not a lot of people in there usually. <laughs> it's a big place. I like the <laughs> idea that, like, it's like um, almost like a biodome for each X Men's kind of like environment. Like Wolverine's is like the woods, and there's like Wolverines and wolves just wandering around. And like Storms is like icy in one part. He says like, a science a... room with pipes yeah. that he can hang off of upside down. Exactly. So there's there's books everywhere. Jubilee's is like an arcade. Like uh, Gambit's is just a bayou. With a tad, there's a tad in the corner. You yeah, get got to get the tad. Gotta get that day tad. Attack on the day of the, so wear the tad. Where's that tad? Oh my god, that episode! Oh, that episode. <laughs> I so think
0: bad. I maybe
1: gave that episode a worse rating than I should have. it said I think, staying power. <laughs> I, I think I think you should give it minus. I think you should give it minus point five of a point for every time they say "tied," and it would be like three at the end of it. Because man, they give, they say that word a lot. What would you so, give it on the
0: day of the tide?
1: The day of the tide. Well, if, you know, I'm getting eternal power from uh, the external. Then you know, I guess ten because you know I want that power. But she flies off, um, you know, in, in a in a haze, trying to find what's going on. As she's going along in her in her way, Storm is following her. They go to the Statue of Liberty. She tries to console her, Where her Rogue uh, sees another vision of the blonde woman and chase after it. Eventually, seeing her on the rooftop of a hospital. Get out of my head! Uh, that's this is she's getting very upset by this. I'm scared, Storm. It's a very tender moment between the two teammates, mm-hmm. which is nice. Those two uh,
0: team up a lot in this show, actually. They're, they're one they of, do make like, the main kind of duos that seem to I, emerge. I
1: feel like this is right for like fan shipping, where people write, uh, you know, fan fiction about two characters getting together romantically that have no intention of doing so in the normal series. I feel like there's lots of Storm Rogue fan fiction out there that probably involves a lot of lesbianism. Oh, I think me. this is true. <laughs> it's, it's true, true in me. your head, Andre. Hey, I'm not saying it's me. I'm not saying I want it, but I'm just—I just know what the internet is like, and I'm sure there's a lot of it. Oh, there. sure, probably, blame the internet. I'm sure there's probably even live-action no. pornography. I mean, they made live-action Batman '60s porn about like the—they made live-action Golden Girls pornography, so. I'm sure that there's some kind of live action rogue storm pornography. There's a live action. Are they, are they on your shelf over there? There's well. a, no, they're not, because I mean, who buys pornography <laughs> in today's world? But there's a live action Avengers porno where like China plays She Hulk. So, you know, it, it exists, <laughs> it's out there. Uh, there's got to be a storm rogue uh, lesbian scene in a porno somewhere, I'm sure of it. But that's not I'm what sure we're here to talk about. I'm sure of it. I uh, must Here be on X Rated. I just become uh, I become like Captain Ahab trying to find his white whale. I must find it. I must find it. It just consumes my life. I'm just writing it on the internet check, all out. Check that shelf on your, your your shelf. What shelf? It might be on that shelf. but this one? The one on the other. When that one? No, that's all books yeah you know that's a good thing for a podcaster to do is have a large porno- pornography collection and then put it right in <laughs> view of everybody that watches the show so they can see they can see and uh, use it against you when you run for political office uh, so anywho uh, Rogue sees the blonde woman duck into a hospital she goes in after her from the roof as she does so we reveal that Mystique um, is the blonde woman of course and as Storm goes after her, Storm uses this little com badge, like her red symbols. When it's a com badge, she presses, which is the first time we've seen it uh, being used that way. Uh, she comes down, uh, Mystique takes the the form of Rogue and distracts Storm so that she can be attacked by Blob, who incapacitates her with a flick to the head, which I thought was fun, just showing how dense he is, <laughs> that a mere flick can knock somebody out. Uh, then they use her com badge to talk like she is Storm, using her abilities to. to the x-men off off the trail um then we discover rogue finds the blonde woman who's been haunting her who's in a hospital bed who's known as jane doe uh nobody this else who is jane doe. Is. we call her sleeping beauty that's kind of on the nose but the car sleeping beauty
0: yeah the lady in the coma and what if you have two ladies in the coma idea? name them both sleeping beauty
1: well, one's pretty and one's not. You call that one ugly. or <laughs> U- Ugmo. Ugly. It's like we have Sleeping Beauty and Comatose Ugmo over here. Napping Ugly. <laughs> 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 ugly Betty and, you know, fucking uh, Sleeping Beauty over here. Look, these nurses aren't nice people. They're monsters. Really, I mean, <laughs> people... they, do, they don't seem to be the best nurses, to be honest. Well, you know, they say sociopaths gravitate towards uh, careers that give them power over other people. So you know, nurse would fit the mold. So obviously, every nurse in this hospital is a deranged sociopath. I mean, I didn't write the episode. I'm just I'm just reading what they're putting, picking up what they're throwing down. So, uh, <laughs> so we find the blonde woman in a coma. Doctors say she's been there for a while. No one knows her name. Cyclops Wolverine and Gambit arrive at the hospital, attacked by the Brotherhood. Once again, the three are almost beaten when Storm uh, recovers from being knocked out and sucks up the villains in a tornado, which I thought was funny. I believe someone even says something ridiculous like, Hey, who ordered who the ordered tornado? The, who ordered the hurricane? <laughs> yeah, that was slob. Yes. And actually, there's a funny little bit, and I'm not, I'm not going to bother saving it for the X points later, but where she makes them all go up in the tornado. Which is a power that's incredibly useful. She should have been using all the time, um, and makes them they crash through a building that's way way up. Uh, I love how heroes, uh, especially the X Men in the series, don't care about infrastructure. Like, you, how do you know? How do you know what's on the other heroes side of that window? Do. You just throw them through a window tower up there. There could be a family of four sitting around watching Jeopardy that just got crushed by the blob. Like you don't know. So it's, it's construction.
0: Heroes and villains both get thrown through a lot of walls,
1: and there's never con- anyone on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Or it's Metropolis and then they call it Superman, Man of Steel. Um, so anyway, they throw Blob and them they they crash through this construction site. And there's even like a half bit where they're all like laying on the ground and Blob's leg is like draped over Avalanche and you just see at <laughs> like or Pyro and you just see him like push it off of which I thought was funny. Like it didn't need to be an added piece, but it's just sort of a funny like like little moment to throw in there. I don't know if they just needed the extra bit of animation or what, but I thought it was funny. My cat's um, staring at me from outside through the window. Is he sure it's your cat? Yeah. Okay, well. Is he, is he actually staring at you? Or you're just using that as an excuse to play that sound clip. No, oh, he's staring at me. Hi, oh, hey, buddy. That's nice. What's your cat's name again?
0: That's Miles staring at me out from outside right now. Named after Miles Davis, the influential no, dancer. Named after kid? Miles O'Brien.
1: Ah, oh, that's even better. I was going to say Miles Morales, but Miles O'Brien is a good choice. Is he prickly? Does he have an Asian wife?
0: No, he's ginger, and uh, I saved him from a, a meth dungeon. Okay, I feel like, though you may have to elaborate this story. What were you doing in a meth dungeon to begin with? Oh, I don't know. They were advertising them on Kijiji to him and, and his son, and we went down to pick them up. It was definitely a meth dungeon.
1: Okay. I thought maybe you like stumbled into a meth dungeon or perhaps for making meth and then ran a foul of some are you no, to I've, I've never even seen that? Breaking Bad. Everyone's more oh. qualified to make meth than me. Actually, that show purposefully shows when they make meth they don't make it correctly because they don't want people to learn how to make it from watching the show. Oh, clever. That's a little that's a little nod, little nod for you. Um so uh that was did bits with Andre. <laughs> You're gonna get lots of theme music. So uh where are we at here? So uh oh. so rogue follows the blonde woman, she sees her again walking around, the one in the coma. Turns out it's uh uh Mystique. Mystique manages to get rogue Mistake. to touch her so she'll absorb her memories. And in doing so, Rogue remembers her first kiss with Cody Robbins. Now she first developed yeah. her powers, which is Robin You King ever been kissed, force. girl? I was thinking nobody ever would. Isn't that her line? Something like mm. that. I was thinking it never happened. Yeah, exactly. Fucking he's ridiculously, it, attra- ridiculously <laughs> attractive Southern woman has trouble finding a date. Apparently, she's only so, like um, sixteen years old. In that, or like, well, like yeah, I'm last. pretty sure I've been sixteen. I'm pretty sure that the attractive women in my school that were also my age didn't have trouble finding boyfriends because <laughs> none of those were none of those were me. Uh, so, <laughs> um. So then, her uh, we find out her father. Discovered some he of us a... are late bloomers. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Wasn't always this de- devilishly handsome and covered in cool tattoos. I guess I don't know. It came with I'm the beard, beard really. That's right. The beard just started, and then the rest of it followed. But then I lost the hair, so it kind of evened out. And then um,
0: Frost stole your look.
1: Yeah, he's older than me. I think he probably probably had it before. So, so he also, I think, he looked like that because he was playing a wrestler in a movie. Uh, in, in uh, that fighting with my family movie, the rock produced about uh page uh. from the WWE. She comes from a prestigious English wrestling family called the, uh, the Knights. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, her, I was on a show uh, with her mother, uh, Sariah, Serena, Serena. Um, so Paige's mother came over and did shows over here and I was on a show with her for a nice lady. Hmm. So anyway, um, yeah, the rogue's father kicks her out when she's a mutant, says she's no daughter of his, not anymore. Um, you know, the one thing hat. I love, yeah, he's he's got the trucker hat, and the beard. The one thing I noticed too, when you tu- turn, ashamed to be seen with you. When he turned to leave the room, he had the pack of cigarettes rolled up under his sleeve, oh, yeah. which is like the seminal, like white hillbilly kind of uh, thing to do in these in these cartoons, which is fun. That's how you know he's like a, a superhero. you know someone's bad when they're like, yeah they got a pack of cigarettes of rolled under their. their- <laughs> You ever see someone do that in real life nowadays? It's so stupid. Not
0: nowadays, but I have like a long time ago. God,
1: everybody has a fucking pocket. Put it in there for God's sake. Yeah. Back so then we uh, didn't have pockets. No, we just had our sleeves. Not in the nineties. Women use their bras and men use the sleeves. <laughs> uh were <laughs> belt. The belt's important too. Or your back pocket. That's where my phone goes. So uh <laughs> her father kicked her for a Mutant. Then uh, she meets Mystique who's in disguise as a uh, as woman the woman that we saw Rogue interact with before in, episode, in season one, I believe, in the Apocalypse episode with Angel. Um, so we, we've we sort of established that connective tissue that Rogue Rogue's adoptive mother is Mystique, and Rogue didn't know she was Mystique until now, but now... So in all these flashbacks, we never see this woman become Mystique, although this woman does hang out with Pyro and Avalanche and the blob. Um, and uh, so we find out that she fell in with... Um, with the Brotherhood, uh, when they're attempting to steal a jet, which they never explain for some reason from a base somewhere, Ms. Marvel, who is a superhero, uh, interferes it's and Miss tries Rogue to stop stuff. them. Rogue uh, is forced to use her power, like so. Rogue takes off from the jet. Uh, Ms. Marvel goes after her. Uh, Rogue's instructed. Ms. Marble. To- That's Ms. Marvel to you. Yes. <laughs> Which is an odd distinction to make. Like it's Ms Mrs. Marvel. It's, like, it's Ms. Marvel to you. Like I don't really get why that's a sticking point. Or is it just it's like a cool data thing and to data? Say? One is my name. I guess
0: that's true. That's true.
1: Is your name data or data?
0: That's a classic line from a TNG episode.
1: I, I don't know. TNG is this is this like a like a, a spice? Like MSG?
0: Picture Star Wars, but with no lightsabers or flips. So terrible more science.
1: Is there a lot of political uh talk? Is there is there like yeah. trade, trade deficits? Okay, yeah, this sounds amazing. The trade deficit uh, of the Andorian Empire is especially you know, uh bleak right now. Well, this sounds riveting. Um, um, sign me up. Uh, <laughs> will this come For back? Seven with, seasons. Will this come back uh, thirty years later and, and be a mediocre show featuring a bunch of these characters rehashed through a, a different action lens? Oh, I hope so. Oh, good because it's happening right now with Picard. <laughs> <laughs> um, so hey,
0: that, the, the last episode of that made me cry. It was beautiful. Oh,
1: is it because Will Wheaton comes back?
0: Whoa, spoiler! Oh my God! You see, I did ruin. Real- I ruined No Way Home. You ruined Picard.
1: No, I'm not that.
0: Strange at, um, this I haven't
1: seen it yet. I haven't seen I it. I have. Yet. Want me to do it? No, I don't because I'm going this weekend. Um, it I was just great. My, my life's too busy, but I'm very excited to see it. Very good. Very good. So uh yeah. So then Rogue uh, Ms. Marvel breaks into the jet, tries to pilot it away. Um Rogue's instructed through her headset by her adoptive mother to take Ms. Marvel's powers and keep taking them through some dialogue. It's indicated that. This was Mystique's plan all along: was to have Ms. Marvel, who seems to be an enemy of hers, uh, be dispatched by her new adoptive daughter. So, uh, and a power set
0: she'd like to exploit
1: as well. Rogue, yeah, Rogue keeps pulling, uh, keeps keeps absorbing and not to, not not uh, letting go, even though she wants to, because she's being uh, coerced by her mother. Uh, Ms. Marvel busts through the side of the jet to try to escape. Rogue holds on. Eventually, she collapses. They fall to the earth. Uh, Ms. Marvel's knocked out. They take off her mask and don't seem to recognize her. And uh, Rogue is uh has permanently absorbed Ms. Marvel's powers, which explains why she's able to be super strong and fly and do all these things that uh that Ms. Marvel could do and be nigh invulnerable while she's blasting. That's right. Uh, so then uh, Rogue, <laughs> the woman that's been it. tormenting Rogue in her mind is Ms. Marvel, as we uh come to learn. So uh, Ms. Rogue, Marvel, yeah. yes. Rogue. Past Rogue becomes disgusted with Mystique for making her do that. Realizing that Mystique, is using her as a weapon and doesn't really care about her. So she flies off. Airpoint. Air point. So she flies off and then is uh, mentally att- mentally probed by uh, Professor X who is nearby. Uh, very calming his voice in this. He's like, mutant, mutant. Mutant.
0: I ought to knock you three ways from Sunday. Why have you been doing this to me?
1: Yes. So that's the flashback, right? Oh, that's from Mystique. Okay, so then through this is all still the flashback she's getting from touching Mystique. Her memories returning. Um, mm-hmm. We find out that uh, you know Xavier reaches out to her um, to, to try to help her by removing these memories and, and uh, this this haunting image of Ms. Marvel that's sort of permeating her her consciousness because part of Ms. Marvel's mind's in her head too. Says so you um, can't save Ms. Marvel. But all he He's can do is now. quiet her. All he can do is quiet, quiet her. her. <laughs> yeah, the, the resolution of this episode is not very uh, uh, satisfying to me. Because, like... Okay, we'll get to it in a sec. So, um, yeah. so, and then we come back to the present. Rogue begins to shift into Ms. Marvel. Because she, in touching Mystique, she absorbed her shape-changing abilities. Um, the X-Men arrive. And uh, don't know who she is, of course. Um, Ms. Marvel claims to be taking over Rogue's mind and getting her life back by taking over Rogue's body um she takes off storm follows let the mansion genius cerebro to enter rogue in ms marvel's mind and help uh rogue fight off ms marvel to get control of her body again in which they they end up uh encapsulating her in like uh and like this is what i mean like ms marvel's sort of the enemy here but not really i mean her life was stolen from her she was they make her to, out
0: to be like a pretty hard villain for a lot like of she, even, she even she's angry said, and
1: well, I mean, she's totally justified in every bit oh, yes, absolutely. of this. Like Rogue says, like, I didn't mean it. I'm sorry. And she goes, Your your sim or your apology doesn't help me get my life back. Like I'm yeah. I'm still in a coma. I've lost everything. You got all my powers and put me in a coma. Like there's actually some interesting uh I wouldn't say Machiavellian, but uh like mental like g- moral gymnastics, you have to kind of to be okay with the outcome of this episode, which I'm not. Like I don't think it's okay. I don't know what the solution is because it's too late now that the damage has been done. But they they resolve by just locking Ms. Marvel's consciousness away in, in Rogue's head somewhere so that she can't uh, uh, haunt her for the time being, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's I still, a, the solutions she, are like that a lot. She's still a very angry presence, you know. That's not happy and and stuck in essentially a mind prison for what could mm-hmm. be an eternity, um, you know, or at least as long as Rogue's alive. So, yeah, it's not that satisfying. So anyway, they lock Ms. Marvel back away in rogue's mind somewhere, uh, and she gets control of her body, uh, rejects mystique, saying that she's not an X- man now. she's not her daughter not anymore, which is kind of mm-hmm. m- mirroring what her father said before. when he said, "You're not my daughter not anymore." Uh, and she says she's X- man now, which is nice, so, uh, and she's kind of has she has a new family, one that's accepting and doesn't use her as a as the weapon that she could be used as. Uh, The next day, Rogue visits Miss Marvel at the hospital, and the doctors say, Mm -hmm. uh, "You know her," and she says, "Her name, you know her, Jane Doe," and she says, "Her name is Carol Danvers." A visitor,
0: you know our Jane Doe. Her name's Carol Danvers. We were very close.
1: Very close. Which is misrepresenting (laughs) the relationship by quite a (laughs) bit. It's not as mutual as that sounds. But before she goes to do that, actually, she she's leaving, and Gambit says, "I hope you dress up for me like that someday." And she says maybe someday I will, but not today. It's for a friend. She goes to the hospital to see Carol to visit her. Yeah. And then when she leaves, in order to Ooh, leave me, yeah. so <laughs> you going over to visit Miss Carol Shop? Going over to visit Miss Marvel ship <laughs> on a day of uh, tide. It's a day of the tide. The tide's coming. You visit Miss Marvel ship. <laughs> so. uh yeah, and then uh, in order to make us feel better about what what should make us feel quite terrible at the end of this episode is a, a slight smile comes over the face mm. of the comatose Carol Danvers indicating that maybe she's she's happier now that Rove's coming to visit her, I guess. I mean I think like as
0: uh she's regaining her faculties.
1: Yeah, maybe so. But I don't know if that ever rears its head again in the series, does it? Probably not. <laughs> But it makes us happy that maybe there's a chance a redemptive chance i know i think it's just thrown in there to make us feel a little better because like i said morally this episode tried to through some pretty gray territories that uh that aren't aren't necessarily the straight outcome that we would expect from these type of shows which is part of the reason why i liked it so much mm-hmm. so anyway great episode when each of us will have to look into his
0: own heart and decide how great an episode
1: I want to say ten, but a part wow. of me, but a part of wow. me, a part of me wants to say nine instead. But I did really like this episode. I thought, um, you know, what? I'm giving it a ten. Fuck it, it's a ten because it 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 through stuff you don't normally see in shows of this caliber. Like this, obviously, was a, a Saturday morning cartoon developed mm-hmm. for kids. That posits you with a scenario, a no-win scenario in which the character that you've grown to love is shown doing something pretty horrible. And if you uh-huh. think about it more than the average kid probably would, it's a truly heinous crime. Like, you literally have robbed someone of their life. It's worse uh-huh. than killing them. You've trapped them in a mine prison and stolen their abilities. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, it's, it, it's a very interesting and not obvious take on these characters and i mean i know it's reminiscent of what they did in the comics but they didn't have to do a similar story in this manner um, but i really liked it i really did so i'm gonna give it a 10 it's different
0: i gave it a nine for um, a lot of the same reasons and it actually there are parts of it that remind me of dr strange actually <laughs> yeah. oh really yeah <laughs> Ooh. Well, uh, say no more say no more but it was a really good episode um uh, Probably the best origin story we've seen yet in the show. We've seen Wolverine, we've seen Storm. I think that's maybe all the origin stories we've seen really. Gambit. Um, but yeah, we haven't gotten into that Cyclops backstory yet. Yeah, which I'm
1: see. which I'm interested to see as well. Yeah, but yeah,
0: that's really good. You ready right with that redemption story? And uh. Kind of for Carol as well, with that smile at the end. She's
1: coming back. Mm,
0: yeah. Not a redemptive
1: story for her. She's a victim. No, she's in, yeah, well, she's
0: entitled to every bit of her rage, every single or like redeem her, her consciousness. But uh, regain her consciousness, I guess is the word. Maybe so. Um yeah. I'm gonna stop saying words wrong and move on to the next thing. <laughs> Ratings from one to X. Wait, that was the last segment. This was uh, this one's uncanny X points. Exactly. Ooh, I got I got some baby brain tonight. Anyway, we'll get through it.
1: Uh, sorry, somebody just mentioned they might come by, and I was just telling them they shouldn't do that because I'm busy. Um, yes. So <laughs> so uh, yeah. So this is uh, the points. So are you, are you going first? You go first. Yeah, I think going first. I can Let's go first. first. Yeah, sure.
0: Well, for one thing, Mystique is a really bad mother, and her—I don't think she realizes how bad of a mother she is. <laughs> <laughs> her plan's really bad. Finally, she is ready to
1: come back to me.
0: Why? Why did she get that realization in the middle of the episode? She's like, yeah, like why she's like halfway she want done so terrorizing man? Rogue and she's like finally ready to come back to me. <laughs> I think we see why she's such a bad mother in a lot of her mindset. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's a bit strange. Yeah, but, it's uh, like
1: why why do you want her back now? I mean, like you're hanging out with the apocalypse. Like what is how's is rogues? I guess maybe she actually does somewhat care about her. I don't know. It just seems odd
0: that's the weird part like I don't think she realizes what a bad mother she is
1: <laughs> well I mean Rogue was already like what 16 or 17 when she ran off and joined her so it's not like he raised her from a kid he just took in a mm-hmm. teenager so yeah so uh, you know for I don't know what I would assume would be 4 or 5 years um, yeah so anyway uh, okay good point, Your point. so I, uh, I have some interesting ones so, uh, in the flashback hmm. of Rogue learning how to use her powers, we see her absorb powers from some of the other Brotherhood, including Avalanche. Yep. Uh, not not the Blob, because that would have been interesting. But, she uh, combined <laughs> the two powers at one point. Like she takes yeah, the Avalanche's so she, powers and Pyro's and sort of combines Well, she them. absorbs Pyro's powers and then creates a dog made of fire out of thin air, which is kind of a mistake, because Pyro doesn't create fire. He can only manipulate it, which is why he has those uh, those Maybe somebody weapons. lit a match. Well, that was not shown. Oh, well, and, fair enough. So uh, there's no Maybe way she he just sucks
0: at his powers. So once, like she gained his, and the powers, person has no experience, use it better than him.
1: The person, no yeah, but experience he's just dumb. can just master it immediately. He's just not smart, old stick. All right. Well, I I disagree with that comment. All right, fine. Bring <laughs> <laughs> Pyro point. over there. I like Pyro. I like I, I like cheeky English folks.
0: <laughs> um. okay here's one it makes no sense that Carol is a Jane Doe actually because she's a military officer a high ranking military officer so there'd be so many people looking for her and as soon as they found out there was a Jane Doe they'd like go check to see if it was her so it doesn't really she's too high profile to be a Jane Doe for like that length of time f- for sure well so that's, I, I
1: th- mean how would they know where to find her if a, well, like they I'm would sure check that...
0: any Jane Doe. Like I'm sure like if they'd start looking for Jane Doe's... You know, yeah, maybe. It'd...
1: Interesting. Yeah, no, no, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, you might be right.
0: And, you know, all her fingerprints and everything would be m- m- very on file as a military officer. She would... her dental records, she'd be easy to find and identify, I would think.
1: Maybe but, so. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, she could have... Well, the thing is, too, like, maybe... She she is Ms. Marvel, so I don't know where her base of operations is and where this altercation took place. She if if she as a Jane Doe in the area where she lives, that makes sense. But if she was like, you know, battling these guys on the other side of the country, that wouldn't really they wouldn't think to check Arizona if she was in, you know, Seattle, um, normally. So but, you know, who knows. It's a good point though. Um, my other comment was Blob's ice cream eating. Um, the 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 fact he says there's one particular what kind group, was it? tutti Fruity, um, and he, oh, goes, friend, oh, he, he goes he goes he goes oh tutti frutti and he picks it up and it clearly says vanilla on the front of the of the, of the, of the uh, he doesn't really know what tutti Fruity tastes like i guess not i mean it's <laughs> it's quite different than vanilla which is by far the plainest of the ice cream flavors. not the or maybe vanilla, he like great.
0: like ate the entire tub of hard uh serve vanilla and then filled it up with like soft serve tutti frutti.
1: I love these mental gymnastics you do to try to make this stuff make sense. Because where, <laughs> where in any part of this episode would it show we anything a soft resembling similar to that? Where he, because he picks up the unopened ice cream, says "Oh, tutti frutti," and then starts eating it, and it says on the front of it vanilla. So where, where in your head do you think it makes sense that that is a viable reason for this outcome? But how How that it's a mistake. <laughs> That they made a mistake when they made this episode.
0: No, I am mistake.
1: Okay. Oh, yes. I'm sure yeah, you mis- I am a mistock. I am a stock. <laughs> Mistoke. Yeah. All right. Late on Mistake go stick. Mistake go stick. Right, nice. Next number name. three. Number All right. three. All right. No, is it number three? No. Can't
0: be. No, it's not. It's, it is my number three. All right, um, Xavier. Yeah, I feel like Xavier should have been able to return Carol's consciousness with the help of Cerebro. Um, in the comics nowadays, that's definitely well within his. How
1: is this grasp. resolved in the comics in general? Like, how does because uh, this was the similar origin story to the comics, but how how was this resolved in the the original issues? I believe like how, I she just they just came
0: back after a while. Her powers,
1: like Danvers yeah, came uh, came out of the coma and just went about her life.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, she she came out of a coma. She didn't have her powers. She was hanging out with the X Men for a while. She was in the X Men comics quite a bit with no powers, but she was awake. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think her powers just eventually came back.
1: Interesting. Okay, and now we get movies starring Brie Larson.
0: Yep, one so far, anyway. Hmm. Well, they
1: got another one coming. I liked the last one; it was good. So, you know we'll see yeah, where they go. I liked it too. I liked it too. Like
0: you know, mid tier
1: Marvel film, and that's a good movie. Yeah, I don't know. Takes but place the nineties. Oh. Takes place in the nineties had a great soundtrack. They managed the shoehorn and Nirvana song into a Marvel movie. So I was down for that. This one does it come as you are. Uh, the, the Cree the Cree uh, intelligence played by Ned Benning is, uh, dancing to it in a, in a sequence where she says she enjoys earth music or something, um, uh, mm-hmm. near the end of the movie before she battles, uh, mm-hmm. and gets all that sorted. but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, obviously it's featured heavily in the Batman movie, so, uh, you know, <laughs> something in the way, which is a fun moody song is like all over that Batman movie constantly. It's certainly the marketing for it. Did they play sweet child of mine? Uh, no, no, they really do uh, not. However, I believe, like, because she wears a nine inch nails shirt in that, like, it's very 90s ish, which is fun. Uh, which I liked. So, you know, child of the 90s, we get more Colson, which is always fun. She's uh, from the 80s and then comes back
0: like 10 years later, like into the 90s. Isn't that how yeah. it starts? Yeah,
1: when she returns to Earth, yeah, yeah. right. So, yeah, back, to back, you. To, back to me, how do I am? My, my third point now. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Xavier and uh, Charles, Charles and uh, Charles and Magneto. Uh, this is what, like the third episode in a row we haven't seen them, or second episode in a row we haven't seen them. I don't know, third, uh, because we didn't see yes, them there, we didn't see them at fugitive. all during the time fugitive storyline. No, nope. so uh, for a B plot, it's getting pretty far off the old beaten path. It, it is, they barely, huh. if you if you took those segments of that story in this season, it would be less than 10 minutes long. It'd be like oh, maybe yeah. it'd be maybe five actually, probably less. Yep. So, but the whole that season. dinosaur chasing around a rock was awesome. Yeah, and Barbados, their show—I don't remember his name—the eight arm, forum guy showing up. Uh, oh yeah, of uh, the B. Barnabas? Yeah, no, is. that's not right. No, it's, I like Barnabas. Barnabas, please <laughs> come, Barnabas, you know what? Barnabas the Mute. Barbarous. Barbarous, that's it. I like Barnabas yeah. better. Anyway. <laughs> um, it's a way better name. <laughs> uh, for those dar- for those Barnabas dark Shad- Maximus. for those dark shadows fans out there, the show, not the terrible movie, but um, yeah, Barnabas, yeah, bar- bar- Barbados, Barna, whatever the fuck. So uh, yeah, I mean, it seems like for the B, pl- the obvious B plot of the season, it's gone, gotten, gotten pretty far away from the main storyline. It's all gonna come back though.
0: It's coming back at the of end, of course,
1: in the last episode when they all, all the stories join in one big fight against Mister Sinister. I mean, it's not a surprise that's where this is going. No, probably okay, secretly have, <laughs> probably secretly having the strength pulled by apocalypse. Who knows? We'll see. But yes, uh, yeah, I uh, I feel like that's, and we haven't seen much of Beast this season either. So you know, we're really really lacking well, next, in some of our favorite X Men. Oh, will we? Yeah, it's Beauty and the Beast.
0: Oh. <laughs> lots of beasts yeah.
1: excellent I'm right. excited to see more beasts
0: well my next point is this number 5 or 4, four this I is think. 4 for you uh, this is the best Jean Grey episode so far actually Jean Grey has a lot to do in this episode and she's Kind of in charge, and using her powers well, and moving the plot along. Yeah, I thought it was the (laughs) most they've given Jean
1: Grey to do, really. So far. Yeah, I agree. She certainly had more of a a purpose for existing in this episode than she has in many of the other ones. Mm -hmm. Besides just being a reason for Wolverine to get angry. Now, her storyline's gonna go
0: crazy in season three, so... Because it's the
1: storyline, yeah. obviously. Both Is it Phoenix the Phoenix storylines? Story story <laughs> uh, well, you got you gotta, like 25 episodes, 24 episodes in that season. So yeah, you, you got you to gotta flesh that out. You need a couple six-episode story arcs, that's for sure. That nah, makes sense. I mean, you do the good Phoenix for a while and then turn yeah. into the evil Phoenix. Yeah. Which also oh, yeah, leads into a in uh, movies. Which also leads into in. Yeah, maybe have it halfway through one and then go, go south in the next one. Just like yeah, there's a lot of stuff, especially in modern day Marvel movies, when you know there's going to be more. Like, there's no reason you can't plant those seeds and then like let them sit for a while. Mm-hmm. We took his three Spider-Man movies to get a real origin story for Spider-Man, and it worked. So hey, let's uh, you know, why not let them do what they want to do? I'm excited. More Pay of that. for the end credits when you see Doctor Strange on. Oh yeah, because I leave early during every Marvel movie of course of course not and it's hard it's 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 hard to ignore the internet because i already had some things ruined for me not a Uh, lot but some because i had one thing spoiled for me too and the clickbait articles are uh are like ridiculous but there's one post-credit scene that i'm aware of and one actress i know plays a certain Marvel character which is kind of cool and also, there's something I've referenced before that is a dream of mine that I know happens in this epi- in this movie. Which sucks that I know, but I'm very happy that it's happened. So I'm so excited to see it. There's some wonderful things that happen. Yes, I'm very excited. So, um, yeah, so it's I guess quite Sam Raimi. I guess we can't talk about the uh, the, the the doctors or the the Pressurex stuff, but we'll get to it next. Oh, i have seen it by next episode, so we can talk about it then. Spoiler um, for next episode. Sure, we'll 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 give the the listeners time or or some kind of a a warning system so they can skip ahead. Um, yeah. So my next point, uh, yeah, the tone, the tone of this episode. I mentioned it before and why I like this episode, but I feel as though it's worth revisiting. Um, this episode is by far one of the most adult subject matters I've ever seen. Not just in like the story itself, which is obviously pretty cartoony with stolen powers and you know Jane does and comas and. Shape changers and all that kind of stuff, but the idea that a hero that we've known for two seasons has a pretty dubious past, involving a pretty heinous crime, and not a, a happy resolution in my in my mind uh, to that event is interesting. Like I said, there's some moral well, great no resolution. There. It's it's not. I mean, they resolved. they really just wrap old Carol Danvers back up in her psyche and cram her in the back again and say, "All right, well, we'll we'll just uh we'll just but even sink even her head in the sand again for a while to the
0: it's to the viewer though it's just like yeah. how do you go feel about rogue going forward it's not
1: resolved there's no happy ending for carol so, no no you know. in fact she's you know it's i mean obviously rogue has come to terms with her past which is good um but you know there's still there's still a debt that needs to be paid there to uh and, and no real way of, of paying it so uh I think that's interesting i think they they treaded some interesting moral ground in this episode which is something i always i don't like movies that wrap things up in neat little package. One of my biggest complaints was uh, I think my wife had read all the um, Hunger Game books and we went and saw the movie and I was like at the end of that movie and spoiler alert, I guess if you don't know the end of the Hunger Games, but you know, Never seen her, them. you haven't, do you know anything about them? No. Well, we have this, this boy in this, in Katniss, uh, PETA and Katniss who are both from uh, areas near each other districts. Know each other and have to fight in the games. They eventually team up throughout the games. All they all, they only have to kill people that are bad, really. Like there are other good people in there with them, but they get killed by the bad people, and then they have to kill the bad people. So at no point do they ever find themselves faced off with fighting another good person. You know, uh, mm-hmm. just it's just all wrapped up to neatly. And Then at the end, when it's just the two good people left, Katniss and uh, and uh, Peta, they choose to both eat these poison berries and both die so that there is no winner and then the forcing the people that run the game to call it and let them be two winners um because they don't want that outcome that's they use it as a distraction they need these people to be celebrities to take away from all the hierarchy and political bullshit so to me it's like you know you don't get that hard ending where the good person has to kill another good person and like I, i told my wife i said if i'd written that i would have had them she say they should eat the berries and die together and then she gave him poison doesn't. once and then doesn't eat them and then yeah. he dies and then she wins and like that but like that's a hard to follow it here. well it's it's hard to follow or sympathize with someone that would do that to another person but to me it's more interesting and it's more human to do that because you can you could grapple with the outcome of what you've done you know in the next movie or whatever but just making it that like it all wraps up in neat little package, and I know they make other movies and other characters die, but I just feel I just hate when there's no hard choices to be made. It just gets mm-hmm. wrapped up in neat little package. So I like that this this you know children's cartoon it doesn't do that. I think it's really interesting. Well said. So well. You have one more point to give a fifth
0: one. Yeah, my last point is pretty quick. It's just how creepy Carol looks when she first shows up in Rogue's mind. She just
1: like look behind her, and she's just like. <laughs> yeah. and they made odd choices as to like why does she look, why does she look like uh, she's scaly and lizard like? Like when she's invading her mind, like that's not an appearance she's ever had before. Maybe it's just the specter of what's attacking. Her. Yeah, I but they do that. make her look way like super monstrous, which uh, is interesting and weird. All right, my final point. Speaking of uh, the look, I like Carol Danvers' uh, costume quite a bit. I think. Uh, oh, the stu- oldest Marvel, Marvel one. They stuck pretty close to the original Ms. Marvel costume. Which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, I always like that costume. It's a little different. It's got the high boots and the 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 sash and uh, the little domino mask. But yeah, it's very classic, and I kind of miss it. I know she's uh, essentially Captain Marvel now in the comics and in the movies, but I kind of like that costume. It's just uh, it's it's unique. So she sure makes fun of it the... in her own comics now. Oh, does she of course she of well, course it's,
0: she like, it's like a thong basically.
1: <laughs> every well, I don't. That's not why I like it. I just like it that it's different, I suppose. But yeah, yeah of, co- of course they do because that's everything's meta now and nothing can just be nothing yeah. can just let be. It has to be made fun of. We need to we need to dust off the spider buggy every once in a while to remind us how stupid it was. <laughs> I don't no, know. I don't I think. I'm sure. gonna, I think I'm just getting jaded now. I don't. Nothing makes me happy anymore, Dan. What's the point? Oh
0: uh, well, that's <laughs> our classic segment. Actually, no, we're not there yet. We're not. You're jumping ahead, Andre. You're jumping ahead.
1: Hey, check this out.
0: Hey, check this out. This is our comic reminiscences and recommendations. Who's going first? I'll go first. I have two. You don't have one. a stack
1: of comics like last time?
0: No. One, it's just the... This is the issue, uh, Uncanny X-Men 171, where Rogue joins the X-Men for the first time. And it's it's a classic uh, cover, and it has the classic line, Welcome to the X-Men, Rogue. I hope you survive the experience. Classic line. Yeah, they've reused that one several times over the years. but that's Oh, yeah, for sure. And the other uh, recommendation I have... Ah, yes. I don't, I'm
1: glad to pick up my copy yet.
0: Uh, How is it? It's it's, it's quite excellent. Giant-Size X-Men Thunderbird. Art by a friend of the show, David Cutler. Who yes, we can grill time, about co- just in a couple episodes.
1: Your time's coming, Dave. We're going to get yeah, you back art,
0: soon. Uh, the art in here is fantastic. Look at this. There's a, Thunderbird
1: picking up a, a
0: truck that's coming at him. Oh, wow, take that's that, beautiful. Take
1: that truck. So David told me in confidence uh, that the villain in that series was an old villain that hasn't been around in quite a while. Like mm-hmm. He couldn't tell me who it was, and that it was kind of a surprise to even him. Mm-hmm. So, is it that cool? Like, because I don't know it yet. So it's obscure. Like it's somebody yeah. I'm gonna have to look up.
0: Okay. Like, cool. Like, I'm not super familiar with who this is. Hey, that
1: works for me. I like obscure. I've seen that word before, the name, but it's uh, a <laughs> yeah. Well, Not just to, really to right. add on to what you said, Dave just recently announced on a social media that he's going to be the artist for a Moon Girl uh, oh. teams up with the X Men series. I'm stoked for that. I love Moon. Yeah, which looks really cool. So I'm very excited. Um, I can't wait to see Dave draw a Devil Dinosaur. Um, yeah. I'm sure that'll show up at some point. So I think she's looking for Devil Dinosaur as part of the story. Yeah, um, because she's an Inhuman, right? That's her her gimmick. Yeah, the Moon Girl. Yeah, she was so a yeah. genius
0: before she was an Inhuman.
1: Yes, correct. I, I did read the comic when it was the singles comic. I had it uh, before they put her off in these other worlds, but uh, yeah, super good. So, I mean, I'm, I couldn't be happier for Davie's He's super talented and deserves all the good things that's happened for him right now. So, Everyone get Giant
0: Size X-Men Thunderbirds.
1: That's right, on sale now. My copies of my box of Strange Adventures, which I'll be picking up this Saturday. All right, my recommendation is anything by George Perez, but this particular book is The Art of George Perez, which is a lovely art book uh, put out by IDW. They've done several of these. Uh, yes, um, which is they don't have like I have the Jim Starling one as well that uh has, <clears> this, but has a lot of his early work, um, a lot of his early Marvel work, a lot of uh, pages that show some of his original art, like uh the scans of the original art pages, which is beautiful to look at. Um, a lot of his wonderful name more in Cat America there. Uh Fighting the Serpent Society, his John Carter, Warlord of Mars stuff, his Avenger oh. stuff. Green Lantern stuff, Christ and Infinite Earth stuff, which I forgot he did the art for. That was an amazing seminal uh comic as well. The Christ and Infinite Earth for, for DC, which changed multiversal comics and all that sort of stuff. Uh the Finny Gauntlet, it has oh, all it beautiful. Is that covers one of my favorite covers ever. And so it's his the, uh is, is Future Imper- is like, Future Imperfect. Me. his Future Imperfect stuff. Uh you can see the black and white oh, there. Yeah. It's got the Maestro and the Hulk. One of the coolest versions of the Hulk is the Maestro. Oh, for sure. Um it has a bunch of his other series which i have some of his uh his dark knight when they when they brought the dark knight over to ultra force the black knight uh back when they had that in the day um from malibu comics when marvel bought that and try to keep it its own thing and sirens and a lot of his other indie stuff that he had done uh, leading up to the avenger stuff that you just referenced there which so there's Ms. Marvel in the forefront in her classic costume, mm-hmm. um, and I loved his Wonder Man. Like just there's the art from the cover of the comic you had there. Mm-hmm. See right yep. there. yeah, it's just gorgeous stuff. Like seriously, check out his comics. Look at that Ultron cover. Ah, oh, oh yeah, so good. But anyway, oh, yeah. yeah, I mean We're Perez too, has always been Press has always been a favorite of mine. Anything by him, really. But if you can, if you can find this art book, which does contain some of his. Uh, his uh Justice League meets uh the X-Men comic or J- Justice League meets the Avengers comic, which is so good. Uh I know they just re-released that as kind of a fundraiser to help with his uh his medical costs. Um, I'm hoping that lots of people went and bought it. I bought it when it first came out, so I have all the original issues, but I may rebuy the trade just to help support him because it's it's worth it. It's an amazing story. Um yeah, so George Perez. I don't have any really cool Neil Adams books. I have some of the like I ha- actually I know I have his run on Batman, the trades, and his dead man run, and I think some of his green arrow run in, in collection in collected editions. But this was the one because Perez just happened, and I guess I had some time to deal with Neil Adams mentally. But Perez mm-hmm. was just so recent that I uh this was in the top of my mind. So check out George Perez, anything by him, but that art book, uh just the art of George Perez is fantastic. And if you're an not yes. like myself, then uh pick it up. Read the infinity gauntlet. Yes, and I'm I, Yes, Thanos is my favorite character, my favorite villain of all time. So, uh, you know, you get the best of Thanos, in the, and Jim Starlin's my favorite writer. So, and he created. Oh, it's
0: still, I still think it's the best
1: Thanos story. You can see I have a shrine to Thanos. This is this whole top shelf. You can see. I don't know if you can see in the light, but there's there's the classic Thanos with the cosmic cube and the Infinity Gauntlet. There's the more modern version of Thanos in the comics with the Infinity Gauntlet. There's the legends that came with the the Lady Death. There's the 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 chess figure for the chessboard, which I don't have. But I just bought the bought the king chess piece, uh, a couple other small pieces, the micro machine. There's a box of honeycomb signed by Jim Starlin with Thanos on the cover. A friend gave me uh, the bobblehead. Uh, yeah, and one thing I just recently got, and I don't need to show off all the cool things, but show uh, off my, things. my my local pawn shop, they had and this. the pawn shop. So I've had this forever because I'm a massive fan of Peter David and particularly his run on Captain Marvel when Janice Vell was Captain Marvel. And particularly the storyline where Janice Vell's cosmic awareness made him go insane and he became kind of a cosmic punisher where he would go around dishing out vigilante justice to different people throughout the universe and in which his costume was a throwback to his father's original costume like this. He had a gun. And uh, but yeah, yeah cool I costume. love this costume. So, this actually was a variant of an original Marvel Legends toy of his father, the first Captain Marvel, which is relevant to this episode. Um, and I always had this one because I like Janice Bell so much. But then when I this was at my local pawn shop and I picked it up, so it was like 10 bucks and uh, totally worth it because quite the it's, pawn shop find, yeah. But that's where I got your uh, Star Wars, your um, Star Trek X Men crossover book, same place, oh, yeah. Most one at Pond. There's one in Truro, there's one in they're everywhere. There's one in mm. PEI. there's one in New Brunswick. Uh probably. I know there's one in Truro, there's one in Glasgow as well. So yeah, they're all over.
0: What is it? I'm fine. I just need some air. What's wrong with Andre?
1: Mm, nothing really. I mean, just busy, a little too busy. Uh, for my own good, and it's my own fault for taking on too much. But I, uh, you know, I think I'll, I'm thinking I'm doing all right. This cursed good... show. Yeah, listen. If I wasn't enjoying it, I wouldn't be doing it. So that's the best endorsement you're going to get from me. <laughs> uh, no, I'm I'm antsy to see the new uh, the new Strange movies. Before so more very very antsy, and I have things coming up all the time. I was supposed to do a trivia thing this weekend for a fundraiser uh, that they were paying me for and Mm -hmm. then they didn't have as many people show up because some other big event's going on in the area, so they end up canceling it, which sucks because they already wrote all the questions. But, you know, that's fine. I can go wrestle instead this weekend, so I'll do that. Fair enough. How about you? What's going on with Devin? In order for you to heal, you must forget. Sure, why not? (laughs) What do you need to forget to heal, Devin? (laughs) What's this, baby cuddles again? No, no, I'm not gonna
0: pick baby cuddles. I could, but I'm not gonna. Um, well, what's working with Devin? Well, I, I saw Doctor Strange. That's working. That that worked pretty well for me.
1: Yeah, Um, top tier Marvel for you.
0: Yes, I liked No Way Home better, but that you know, No Way Home was amazing.
1: Well, I think No Way Home can tap into this this nostalgia one has for uh, for the past Spider Man films in a way that I don't think this can as much because this one, was Dr. more fun. Yeah, well, I, I imagine they can probably go into some places that you know and set up some stuff for later that they're doing you know by introducing certain characters. But also, I mean, I think we all know that uh, Professor X is in it, so you know we do get a bit of that nostalgia, which is fun, and some other stuff. I know that's been spoiled for me that's in it but um a satisfying we're...
0: amount of professor x i'm not going to spoil anything else oh good it's good well, that's good. Mm-hmm.
1: good and is the chair cool oh yeah yeah and is it is it basically the yellow chair from the from the uh i mean I'm, we convinced, tra- I'm
0: convinced he's playing the one from the animated series really
1: yeah interesting that'd be cool
0: like there's there's a few things we can talk about after you've seen it and we spoil it for the audience but uh yeah, I've got a bunch of theories for that. But what's right. working is I took a big chance this year with my like uh seedlings and stuff. I just threw everything out in the greenhouse way, way earlier than anyone ever should because I had a hunch that I could I could I could make it happen and if there was any stunting that would happen, everything would recover. And I think I I pulled it off. So the mad experimental gardener strikes again and I think it worked.
1: You have a you should do a YouTube channel where it's just you doing your crazy gardening stuff. That'd be interesting. Oh I'm
0: gonna it's gonna be for my Star Trek channel though, and it's gonna be called Gardening with Young Boothby. Well, I do not get that reference at all. Boothby is the gardener at Starfleet Academy and he gives advice to people because he's, you know, perennially old. One of those I guys think I think you
1: may in. I think you may be limiting your audience by making it specifically to Star Trek fans and gardeners. You should try to make it for just gardeners. I feel like you'd probably reach more people that way. I'm bad at not making things related to Star Trek in some way. <laughs> All right, well, I'm just trying to make but, you millions of dollars in some MeUndies money, but, you know, what do, what do I know? What do I know? What do you know about MeUndies I, Not money? a goddamn thing. <laughs> I don't have it yet. That's what I know. You're not even wearing any MeUndies. I I am. I No, I'm actually not, but I would. I happily would. I would corporately <laughs> I would, shale those MeUndies. Left fox boxer
0: right. briefs MeUndies?
1: You know, I like I like the the sacks with the the penis pouch. Um, if Mandy has an option for the old <laughs> the old dick pouch, I'm I'm there. So sign me up. Oh my Give God. it to me. This is as going off you, the rails. Is, so as as long as my penis here. is enclosed in a pouch, I'll be happy.
0: Rock and roll like fools.
1: <laughs> Glad y'all decided to join the party.
0: I already like it's apostrophe 97. I feel like we just sort of talked about that. We did, and we did talk about uh, Lenore Zan saying that there's a couple of episodes coming up that
1: mean quite a bit to her
0: character. And yeah, and her favorites, from the way she worded it, I suspect that she likes um, the one we reviewed today. And these two episodes from the new season... More than any of the other episodes in this entire series, I think.
1: Ah, oh, well, that's good to hear. Yeah. that's the way that's i excited to hear. I'm excited to see what's going to happen from the show. I know we, the, the, the information is coming in drip feed. It's still not coming out until next year, so there's a lot of time. Yeah. But uh, you know, uh, I'm excited. I think it's going to be so fun and so good. And I'm uh, so, so
0: glad they brought Sinister back as the voice actor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I wonder what age. <laughs> I'm curious. Well, number one, the the laughing villain is always a funny statement, especially no one else is around. Like I've never, I've, <laughs> I know, I I've never, I've never been so happy with an outcome to anything in my life that I've just laughed hysterically by myself in a room. You know what I mean? Like even if you told they me need more joy, if you would say Andre, you're going to get to star as. Electro, no, Mysterio. I don't know. You're going to get to start in a Spider Man movie. Like, I'm going to get to act in a Spider Man movie, Tom Holland playing a major villain. That would be, be probably run, one of the man. happiest things in my yeah, I Well, I have to do the Russian accent. I have to figure that out. But um, it, it couldn't be worse than Paul Giamatti's. It uh, <laughs> would be better. So, um, you know, and that would make me so happy. But I don't think I would just laugh about it, like, you know, <laughs> in, in, alone in my I'm house. doing it right now. So uh, I just love that trope. I think it's hilarious. But yes, what I'm curious about is what age what age does to the voice. You know, we'll see what yeah, these wondering people that sound as like. Well,
0: especially for it's a character been, like Rogue, who they've even like like with this image that I have. It's here. been
1: like 25 years, 26 years since the show ended. So like they're you know they're younger, younging her down. You know, they're, well, they all look so, a little younger in the so, uh,
0: from what I can tell. Even Xavier you know. looks younger. It's going
1: to be interesting.
0: I mean, maybe that's something you can do in post if there is an issue. I'm sure there. there I
1: is. doubt it. I'm just curious what but it's going to sound like. I feel like they will sound a little different, different, but I'm okay with that. I think I feel like the flavor of who they are will still be there. So
0: it will be. Uh, that's a very good question. It kind of leads us to our next segment. Do I have a theme song for this? No, this is a new I segment. Oh, I'm going to steal. I'm going to steal one of the other segments themes
1: this one's for you more.
0: i'm going with this one for you more but anyway it's time for great expectations and this is where my theory comes in so i think if there's two episodes that are very meaningful to rogue and and the actor who plays her in this season coming up, well, I'm, I'm I th- my theory is the season ends with the wedding of Rogan Gambit. Now, what that other episode is, I can't say. Maybe it's just uh, you know, the engagement of Rogan Gambit, or uh, maybe just a really cool action fight hero episode for Rogue or something. But I one of them's going to be the wedding. That's my theory. Yeah,
1: that would be cool. I'll be down for that. Hopefully, if someone brings a Tad. Oh, well, they can't get married on the day of the tad. The day of the tad. You got like, married serious. on the day of the tide. It'd be great if like external is in the crowd. She's just like one of the like she's there for the wedding. Just chilling. No, she should guy. be the efficient. Getting like cake. You know what I mean? Just like <laughs> eating cake. you bringing bringing a present. She should be married. I brought you a tad. They, they bring the tad. The tad. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Yeah, no, that, that's that, that's an interesting speculation. I would be down to see that. I think that would be great. Yeah, it should have a last name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. All
0: right. Yeah. all right, well. We're rolling along. You can contact us at the X-Men Review Show at gmail.com if you'd like to. But first, before we get into all that crazy contact stuff, actually... Tell us about the Graphic Histories podcast.
1: Well, it's a podcast in which I talk to comic industry people, actors, uh, anything nerd or nerd adjacent. Uh, Yeah, and uh, the past episode just launched Saturday with uh, Janet Hetherington, who is a uh, uh, Canadian artist and writer. Worked on Elvira for a very long time, did some very cool comics, continues to do comics, and also writes some really fun Corman-esque movies. Good episode. Uh, which are coming out. Yeah, she's very interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. She's also the partner of a former guest of mine, Ron Sutton. So, uh, that was cool. And uh, she was lovely. And I actually, uh, being proactive, I had someone contact me yesterday about being on the show, a listener and uh, a comic creator, who oh. we reco- recorded that last night. So, that's all I already have next week's... Or, uh, rather... Um, Can we get uh, the the spoilers here? Two weeks' time episode already ready. Yes, his name is Don Watson. Uh, he's nice. uh, from... Monkton, we it's actually a very interesting talk. He's uh he has a really interesting comic uh that's coming out very soon called Jurassic Warp, uh, which mm. kind of involves uh, time traveling dinosaurs, uh, which sounds silly, but isn't really sounds it's, great. It, it's kind of <laughs> used, it's kind of used as an allegory for uh for uh, how we other people and and uh in racism, which uh which is very interesting. Mm. And you can learn about that during our talk. So yeah, Don's a cool guy. Um, I'd met him before at a, a con in St. John like 10 years ago. And I'm really happy he reached out to had a great conversation. And uh, he kind of instilled in me uh, something that I've been wanting to do for a while, is to do some kind of a, a project with a lot of different creators around the Maritimes working together. So uh, and he's very uh, supportive of that. And, uh, yeah, might, might, might delve into something later. So, Andre dreams of racist dinosaurs. No, the dinosaurs are representing the minorities or the immigrants. <laughs> it's the horrible oh, okay. white, it's the horrible white people that are ruining everything. It's the same as, as real life. Oh, okay. Um also listen to my podcast. We're
0: going to have a debate 9 again soon. Can you explain to me fun. what a
1: locutor is? I know what a locutus is, but what's a locutor?
0: A locutor like so like a, a, a is is um Latin for speaker. So we are the speakers of Trek. So, locutus, what is that? It also means speaker, but it's like singular. So,
1: so, locutors is the plural of locutus? Well,
0: kind of, I guess.
1: Plural or like,
0: yeah, I guess so. Or like locutus is like, yeah, I think so. You didn't, like didn't think this title through at all, did you, Devin? We just, little, we just, did just did thought it sounded cool but he threw it together. It there because it's a, it's a, it's, there's puns you're not getting. There's no, I get it. Involved.
1: I don't think you thought it through. I think you thought this sounds cool. Let's
0: throw it together. But like Tubok, instead of saying sensors, he says sensors. So we have the locutors. In the way Zoidberg says robot. Robots. <laughs> Robots. Well, you know what? The inventor of the word said it that way. So if that's correct, in fact. Well, he's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You're wrong.
1: You know, if the creator of GIFs came mm. out and said they're called gifs, I would punch him in the face. He didn't. He said it's gifs. Good, goddamn right. He should. It stands for graphic interface. Something. Can't remember what the F yeah. stands for. So graphic is, is gif. Graphic. Yeah, he did come GIF. out on GIF. that, and he was correct about his own thing. Good. I don't have to punch him.
0: <laughs> I didn't want to. He's he trying really to nice punch day. everybody these days. He's, Listen, Andre's I'm, in a heck of a mood here,
1: folks. I'm, I'm very jolly. I just, you know, I just use <laughs> violence if any problems arise. I use violence to solve them. That's it. That's all. Very Some simple. weekends. That's right. It's, you know, it's almost the weekend. It's Tuesday. Violence well, is his weekend gig. <laughs> That's right.
0: <laughs> also, listen to my cousin's podcast, Live Long Podcast. Ah, my, my cousin Dave, my cousin Jeff, my cousin Dave's going to be in town next week. That's going to be fun. These from Dave's from the, the land easy of on, on Scario and uh, <laughs> this is other podcast here. Trivial debates and the brothers. Check all those out. It's all good stuff. We're going to be like doing one podcast of his podcasts right, right out of my studio here on Monday. Mm, that, be in the basement? Yep.
1: Oh, okay, good. Live long and podcast on location. One thing there. I forgot to mention about what's working with Andre is this week okay. on Prime Video, the new season of Kids in the Hall comes out, and I oh excited. yeah, that's working. I am so I hope, excited. I hope I'm not putting that in. I don't care. I Adam don't care. Life. My expectations are sky high. Nope. I'm very excited. Oh no, don't don't set them so nope. high. If they, if they if they if they crash and burn, I will be very. I will probably kill myself. Um, I'll do it live on the show just for great. the ratings. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would not do that. However, I am very excited for the show. Lenore Zan says he loves two episodes, and
0: Andre kills himself.
1: <laughs> That'll get some headlines. Lenore Zan. <laughs> Voice no, <laughs> of Rogue reveals like details about season uh, one of the new X Men series, and the host of the show kills himself live on the air. <laughs> And then, and then it's like years. a and then it's like one of those yeah 10 views. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like one of those horror movies where like my spirit goes through the internet and kills people or something. Oh no, it reminds me of my favorite Warner Brothers Looney Tunes skit ever, which
0: is the Daffy Duck's trick he can only do once. I only do once, yeah. Which is yeah. pretty dark. Pretty dark. Oh, so dark. It's I think it's one of the most brilliant things ever animated. I I love it's that a- yeah.
1: It's a true commentary on the nature of people's desire for fame over their own personal uh, safety and well being.
0: And it's hilarious.
1: (laughs) It was mirrored, it was prophetic in that we now have shows in which this is solely what people do, i.e., Jackass, i.e., Jersey Shore, i.e., any of those sorts of shows.
0: Did, Did you see that movie Nightmare Alley? I loved it. Yeah, but it Game reminds of me of that too. Like, yeah. Uh, in fact, side note, like, uh, geeks, that, like, things like that. Well, I don't or reveal just too want much to watch but that, human suffering. And
1: that movie is one Uh, it's fantastic. Um, yeah. I course. mean, I'm a massive Game of Toro fan, and I feel like this may be his best film yet. Although I really love Shape of Water. I really loved pretty good. Hellboy. I really love Hellboy 2. I love Pacific Rim. the Labyrinth. I love Pan's Labyrinth. I love The Devil's Backbone. I love Crimson Peak. I love every movie he's ever done. Um, I said Pan's Labyrinth. What's the other third? Oh, Kronos is one of his early ones. It's really, really good Mm. too. Um, Everything that guy does is magic to me. And uh, I truly, truly love that movie. It's the only movie he's made so far that doesn't have a supernatural element to it. And it doesn't really need it because it it, it really focuses on the darkness. Sometimes of it feels like there is one. It does, it does, and there's a lot of symbolism in that movie of uh, of being watched, eyes and circles and uh, play very big parts of that series. And uh, there is sort of an overarching story, but it if you love film noir, you're not going to get a better one than this movie. Like if you no, love what's... classic film film noir, this one oh, is yeah. like the noiriest. And I hear I I already bought the Blu-ray, but I hear that. Del Toro has a black and white cut of the film that he was showing around in places. So if that comes out, I'm gonna to have to go rebuy it because it would be amazing to watch in that way. Um, but side note, uh, this movie is actually adapted from a book, also called Nightmare Alley. But this book was adapted before in the 40s or 50s, 50s, I believe. Uh starring Tyrone seven, Power. I 47, yes. Uh, the Criterion put out a Blu-ray of it, starring Tyrone Power, and it's also considered one of the best Noir movies ever made as well. So I, I know Del Toro didn't really adapt the movie for a remake. He adapted the book again in his own way, but they both cover the same source material, and I believe they're both extremely good. So I haven't good watched character. the original yet, but it's coming. Kind of I like David Strathern's character. Next one was he? He's the guy who was teaching Brandon oh, Cooper. He's fantastic. Yeah, he's yeah. really really good. He's, he's a good, actor. good in everything. Yeah. Tony Callard's really everybody's really good, and it. it's a fantastic movie. Kate Blanchett yeah, uh, Ron Perlman's in it. Yeah, yeah, um, I, Richard, uh, uh, what's his name? The guy that plays the rich guy. Um, he was on like six right. feet under Richard. Uh, he's in a ton of Is stuff. Is Jenkins? Jenkins, that's it. I love that guy, he's fantastic. Uh, if you ever watch the uh, Coen Brothers movie Burn After Reading, he's so funny in that movie. I've seen that, one. he's fantastic. He's good, actor. he's really, really good. And uh, there's something incredibly dark about him. Like, I mean, it's pretty obvious in the story about him, but. Uh the way he plays it, it's it's beautiful. It's an amazing movie. So mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. Something about that does resonate. So
0: well, you can contact us about Nightmare Alley. Um at X at gmail.com. Yeah. You can follow Or tell us, us on...
1: your deepest, darkest secrets, as I mentioned earlier. Yeah, of
0: course. Yep. They're sa- there's to know those. They're safe um, with us. I mind my business, but Andre will be all up in your business. Mm-hmm. Um Mm-hmm. You know, you can uh, find the audio-only version wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, well, that'll be up tomorrow, of this particular episode. And if you enjoyed this, I don't know, maybe our sleepiest episode yet. Who knows? But we're 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 still here for you. We're, we'll we're be sleep- back. You think it's a sleepy episode? I think it's a great episode. It might have been a great episode. I might have been sleeping. Oh.
1: <laughs> no, don't, 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 project your, don't project your sleepiness on us. All right, fair enough. What's, so what every week is a week, great every, episode. Every week you have an excuse. You're sick last week, you're sleepy this week. What's next week? Oh well, I always I'm have do with your baby, no doubt. Jesus. <laughs> What's this? Baby cuddles again? That's right. Well. well, thanks for tuning in. Yes, please like and subscribe. It helps. It really helps the show. Share, like, subscribe. Uh, get it as many ears as possible, so that people outside of Newfoundland who checked in earlier, thank you once again, uh, can uh, can enjoy the show all over the world. Yes,
0: yeah. it would definitely help us a lot to get to get us that visibility for sure.
1: And your homework for next week will be to watch the next episode, which will be episode ten of season two, entitled "Beauty, Beauty
0: and, the and the Beast.
1: Oh no, don't don't sing any more. Next, we'll get sued. Oh. <laughs> Well, they
0: could already sue us. It's all Marvel, X Men, Disney. It's all one banner now.
1: Uh, we're we're trending all them. over their business. They like us. <laughs> we want that sweet Disney money too. Put that on top of the meundies, and we'll be laughing. <laughs> money ain't everything, you know. Money ain't everything in no the wonder. All right, X geeks. Catch you next time, everybody. Catch you next time, X geeks. One, two, three. <laughs>